WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week we're going on a podcast co host double date with Chris and Christy Edelman, whom you may know from the show Chris's on Infinite Earths, where they dive deep into comic book crossovers, good and bad, and find out what makes them tick. Uh, you may remember Chris was on the show last year when we did the Acts of Friendship crossover with uh, their show and a few others. But this is Christy's first time as a guest, and hopefully not the last for either. Uh, Chris and Christy also are both part of the Docs Talks family of columns at XavierFiles.com, uh, where they and a whole bunch of other smart people write about the current X-Books. Chris does a column on X-Men with Robert Secundus, one of our super awesome Patreon backers, and uh, Christy does one on Marauders with uh, Vishal Gulapali. Uh, and on top of that, Christy is currently looking for writers for a superhero-based audio play, uh, which she'll tell us a little bit about. Uh, So, busy folks, talking about good comics, it's a great time. Uh, Meanwhile, what is going on over at WMQComics.com? Well, it's November. Uh, We've taken down our Halloween decorations, but haven't quite put up the Christmas ones yet. Um, But that mid-holiday lulls got us thinking, it's almost time for the WMQ Advent Calendar. Uh, That's right, it is time to start thinking about our favorite comics of 2019. Uh, We'll be writing about 24 of them throughout December, but Matt Lazowitz and I can't do it alone. Uh, that's where you come in. What was your favorite comic of 2019? What was the book you evangelized for that you uh, wouldn't shut up about on Twitter or in real life, maybe? Uh, Want to write 300 to 500 words about it? Drop us a line at wmqgrams at gmail.com. Sound off. Let us know. And while you're thinking, here are me and Matt and Chris and Christy. Uh, so uh, we're recording this episode a couple days after your last episode uh, dropped. You guys are doing the first uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles miniseries. But uh, more importantly, through the, the magic and simplicity of leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts, uh, y'all got into some real good biscuit chat uh, <laughs> last week. Um, I, I, I have to say, in two years of podcasting, I've never felt more powerful. <laughs> we were just kind of shocked, I think, that somebody took us up on the offer. <laughs> I was I was I was listening to the, the you know the one before where you were talking about leaving a comment and I was I was in the gym and then you did like you just dropped that line about about like biscuit restaurants and I'm like I stopped what I was doing and I'm like I'm, I'm doing this now <laughs> I don't want to forget <laughs> we are incredibly picky about bad biscuits <laughs> um, it is just a, it it must just be like a like a Missouri like edge of the South thing but. Um, especially like you didn't grow up with biscuits very much, right, Christy? Uh, no, like my family was really weird with the sort of cuisine that we had. It was like alternated between like spaghetti, chicken breast, steak. Like that was, that was the gambit of what we had. And breakfast was always just kind of like sweet stuff. Oh, really? Or like eggs Eggs and bacon. bacon. Yeah. Yeah. When we just never, we never did biscuits. I don't think my mom... Grew up with, they, they weren't like an Illinois thing, which right. is rural Illinois is where my mom grew up. Whereas my dad is from like the the southern so- southeast area of Missouri, and he could just it's like there's only a certain amount of things that my dad cooks on the regs, and uh, biscuits is definitely one of them. <laughs> and apparently pancakes, which I didn't find out until after I had made scratch pancakes, <laughs> looking up a recipe while at your parents' house. <laughs> is your dad just sat there and watched? pointing out where things like the flower was oh, that's right there <laughs> jeez dad so so wait he didn't offer to tag in like no, no i got no, this part definitely no not. no 
He let he let Chris, I was still asleep because we we traded off who could sleep in on which days mm-hmm. on our on this trip down to my parents. They they live in the country, um, mm-hmm. kind of. And um, the second day, I woke up late, and there were pancakes made, and, and poor Christy had had to like kind of roust the children and also <laughs> make pancakes, <laughs> and my dad was just pointing at things. <laughs> I think he just didn't want to step on my toes. Maybe it just seemed like I knew what I was doing. I think if you were in the kitchen long enough with my mom, you're probably just like, sure. <laughs> you do. She just bounces all over. Um, so uh, I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, but I went back. I listened to the very first episode of uh, Chris's on Infinite Earths. No, but I was seriously. I was like, I was amazed by how much of the structure was already there. You know, I, you know, from your guys's end. Apart from you know, we want to do a podcast about crossovers. You know, what elements of the show that are still there did you guys know that you wanted in like off the bat? We decided on accolades. I mean, that right was away. that was a blatant thieve. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> by by blatant thief, I um. I, I knew I wanted to do something like that. Uh, a mm-hmm. few podcasts do that, but the main one that I had heard that I I was like, okay, we have to like, like lovingly take this was um, tighten up the defense. Mm-hmm. Sure. To mm-hmm. do their uh, their their some sort of sequence at the end. They have mm-hmm. a lot more than us, and I think some of theirs are a lot more fun. But um, I messaged Hub expecting literally no response. And just saying, hey, I want to do a podcast with my wife where we talk about crossovers. Can we totally steal the last bit of your show? And he's like, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd be happy to. I think he messaged me back when at my birthday when we were doing karaoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, that's not the track. And the summary, I don't think we had the summary in the first episode. I think we had that in the second. That right? was... Um... That was a a suggestion from a showrunner for another show that you work on. Yeah, he, he said I think it would make a lot more sense if you started off with a summary, which is funny because that is also something that they do on Tighten Up the Defense, but I just <laughs> plan not to do it. <laughs> which I don't know. I I I think I like it. Sometimes I think it's a little time consuming on the the front end, but I think it helps kind of focus us and keeps us from talking about the plot too much. Mm-hmm. Post summary. Yeah, since we've already you know, handled it. When you talk about the, a plot and a discussion, and you kind of go about it in a excuse me, uh, if you kind of go about it in the way that we do, which is very non-linearly, linear, linearly, um, <laughs> it, it it just does not work super well. Although so, in those first episodes, we were very linear. Like we were like we had the comics in front of us, and we were making sure us. we didn't have any comments for each page, which is why we only did like. At first, we for Secret Wars, we did the two an episode. Mm-hmm. And then Crisis, we did one an episode. I cannot even imagine. Although, in some ways, I almost am like, man, some of those Crisis issues almost needed their whole episode. Some That's of them were true. so packed. That's true. So, I guess, yeah, those ele- the elements of the accolades and then summary we figured out pretty early on. But mm-hmm. in terms of, like, a cold open bit, like, I think that was just, just a given. Yeah, we did, we did want to do the fun cold opens, but we didn't want to do the kind of um, like continuity cold opens that uh, like Jay and Miles do. We mm-hmm. wanted to. Our, I think the, the first inspiration was I'm like, what if we just did these, these like horribly coupley saccharin yeah cold opens, which the first few kind of are, and then like I and I, then we got into really weird cold opens, <laughs> which I love. 
I'm trying to remember what our first really weird one was. Um, There was something from Crisis where we we had like the idea of a like of the like stop like you 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 have I have to like warn you you must read comic books to save the universe or something. (laughs) I think that was the first one that was like kind of out there. But now I I love that. I look so much forward to the the out there stuff. I think we just started to run out of like the super gross coupley stuff that we were just like, no, we're done. We have to we have to change it up. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and in the course of that, you guys have developed all these characters now that are that kind of show up in the in the first couple minutes of the show, from you know old man Chris who loves cat videos to juke fu- jerk future Christy to newspaper <laughs> editor Christy who talks like she fell out of a Doris Day Rock Hudson movie. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I guess when, when at what point did you guys decide? You know, especially you know Christy because you do have that that theater background. You know, when was mm-hmm. When did it become like, oh, we could really, you know, scratch that drama itch with this? I'm trying to... Reverse Christie is the first one because mm-hmm. it was during Flashpoint. And I just said, uh, well, it, and she doesn't even show up at first. Right. She's just, just me- she's just but, mentioned. I mean, we had characters like um, from the War Zone. Yeah, that mm-hmm. happened. the was wrestling that... announcer characters. Uh-huh, the wrestling announcer characters. Who don't have names, but maybe we should give them some at some point. <laughs> And gosh, we tried the monitor tapes way back what or way back during Crisis, and I don't I don't know if, I don't remember if that was great. Uh, I don't know if that we've done enough like noir comics to require it. And it's, right, the fact that it's the monitor, we would kind of have to dig back into. Mm-hmm. It could, we could use it again though. There's other things with like detectives at the beginning that are crossovers. But I think the first thing wasn't it like the War Zone. First thing was War Zone for sure. Which the recurring characters were 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 quite a bit later. Uh huh. Um, specifically, did Reverse Christie not have a part until our first anniversary or, or second anniversary episode? Oh, I don't know. Did we? Yeah, I think that's the first time we actually brought her in because we only talked about her before then. Right, but now I, I after that <laughs> episode, you and I both kind of co-wrote that, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was a it was very scripted, but uh-huh. we just went kind of. Real I mean, wild with it. I love that cold open we did with Charlie, where we were all in uh, the, we didn't say it, but Olive Garden. Um. Yeah. I, you know what? This is, a good, this is a good time to actually get to our first Twitter question, of uh, which there, there were quite a few. Um, so uh, let's see. Yeah. So uh, Neil Ravel asks, uh, which bits did you guys expect to catch on more? You know, were there ones that you were surprised got? Uh, such a high amount of, of positive reception. Um, you know, I don't know if we were. I think, I think we were more surprised in general that people liked the bits at all. I mean, I guess I I loved how much people liked the the goofy Olive Garden thing. I think that's the first one <laughs> that I remember people being like, "Ah, oh, that was a lot of fun," or "I really liked that," and I was like, "Oh." I, I mean, I think by the time we got to our two-year anniversary episode, mm-hmm. uh, I think we'd had enough positive feedback about bits that we were like, yeah, let's just go for it. You know, episode of all uh, of questions and all bits, um, which was a lot of fun. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think that there was anything that felt like I, that it wasn't going to be good i guess mm-hmm. i i i think we 
I think, guess we've had a, a decent amount of stinker ideas that don't make it into the show. Uh, um, but I don't think we put anything out there that we weren't fairly confident that at least like our good pals uh, mm-hmm. would not enjoy. So, um, I mean, I think in general, looking back from where we started versus now, the fact that bits became a part of our show, um, I don't think I would have seen coming. But knowing that it happened, I'm not surprised because it's definitely us. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say you mentioned the, the, the two year anniversary episode and that happened, I think like around the same time uh, battle of the atom did its, its hundredth episode. And I you know, know. They, yeah. They, and they were both like chock a block with those, you know, get guest spot bits. And I, I listened to both of them probably like within like a few days of each other. And I, mm-hmm. I went to Matt like the next Monday night that we were recording and I was like, I want to do cool bits. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it took us, it took us a while. Uh, but, uh, this uh, this was like end of September. We did our after school special episode, mm-hmm. uh, and we crafted this cold open that was a play on the old "I learned it by watching you, Dad" uh, anti drug PSA. <laughs> but but instead of you know crack or whatever that kid was on, uh, I, I was the troubled teen hooked on Rob Liefeldisms. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't just like reading you know bad X Force, but it was also like button fly jeans and and you know trading you know comics bagged with trading cards and things like that but mm-hmm. you know that was like 100% inspired by like those two episodes specifically <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean it's so much fun to do whether or not i guess people latch onto it and like it i think i would continue to do it regardless just cuz it's so fun it's just such a fun outlet um so uh, you guys have this, you know, you've gotten into this great rhythm where you do like a Marvel crossover, then a DC one, then like an X-Men specific one. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you looked yet at, you know, kind of straying outside that formula to say know, Valiant stuff or like Archie meets the Punisher or um, that really bad image Valiant crossover from the 90s, stuff like that? Um, you know, I don't know that we have, like I... I distinctly remember asking Chris at one point like are we just gonna stick with like the big two are we gonna do other stuff and I honestly don't remember his response but we're not doing it right now so I think it was Mm -hmm. probably something along the lines of "Uh, I don't know but I mean I we have a patron soon who's gonna be able to tell us to cover whatever they want so I guess if the if if the people demand it we will do it (laughs) so I guess that's not off the table um, I don't know that we have any plans anytime soon to do anything like that. So uh, in that same vein, uh, Josh Garvey asks on Twitter, uh, which crossover surprised you the most positively and the most negatively? Uh, um... <laughs> that doesn't bode well from that sound. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think... I think for me, as somebody who is a newer comic book reader, um, mm-hmm. starting out this podcast with Chris and reading first Secret Wars and then Crisis, and we made it through those, and then I went on maternity leave, and I think I just had this feeling of, oh my gosh, what did I get into? This is a lot, like really dense stuff and tons of characters, and I just feel like I'm so behind, like I need to learn like decades of continuity that I don't know, and... um I feel like it was almost like a, oh, I, I'm just not like a huge quitter. And I think if I were more of a quitter on things that I don't know if I would have come back from that, but coming back from maternity leave and reading Phalanx Covenant of all things, I was like, oh, 
I like, I mean, this is, this is a lot more manageable and digestible. It's a smaller cast of characters. Um, there were some more fun bits in there. So I think that was my first moment of, oh, crossovers don't have to be this huge, heavy slog through things. Um, but I think I, I don't know. I think it's every, every crossover has had some things in it that, I I think I wouldn't have expected to like or I guess really known what to expect from them and finding myself enjoying those parts except for a secret war that can just stay in my in my uh memories that I bury <laughs> very deep like the memories of the heroes who were involved in that uh story <laughs> yes um all right Chris is back, so he may have an answer to this one, too. All right. Uh, I, I think I missed a bunch. <laughs> um, are we going to cover anything that's not big, too? Uh, we've already... Um, I've had a, a, a critic who is who is uh, someone I very much respect request to do Unity. like, And I don't mean, like, the new Valiant Unity, like, the really old one. Uh, but really old, I mean, like, something I would have read as a kid, thus making me old. <laughs> But um, it's so hard. It's really hard to find. So that's going to be a tough one. Um, that, have you have you tried uh, random short boxes in antique shops? Uh, I'll, I'm going to give that my all. You know, I stumble across those issues pretty regularly while digging for old Valiant. I'll keep that in mind because I mean I have a full set of Unity from from back in the day, but. I, I do see that some of some of them are harder to find than others. Okay, well we'll give it a shot, but we we do want to do that. Um, that one's gonna be. I feel like that one's gonna be a, a bear because it's it's big. Um, I've tried to think of a bunch of other stuff. There's there's newer Valiant stuff that I'm sure we could cover. See, I knew Chris would have much better answers to this than me. You're I like, mentioned. I remember asking Chris this, but I don't remember what his answer was. Well, and then there's a lot of things that, like, like some of the biggest publishers don't even have these. Like, Image doesn't really mm -hmm. do that. They, they do Image United, which kind of started to happen. <laughs> that might just be a fun academic exercise more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, Dark Horse has a few kind of character crossovers. IDW does some character crossovers. And Dynamite recently has been doing a billion little mini series crossovers, which is like, they just are like kind of flexing their licenses mm -hmm. like red Sonia and X Vampirella and X. And then we were most recently on question wise. If there were things about now, correct me if I'm saying the question wrong. It was, uh, things about I could, crossovers. I could reread, the question. Oh, reread the question. Yeah. You got it right in front of you. That would be easier. Uh, uh which, yeah. Which crossover has surprised you the most positively and uh, conversely, the most negatively. The most negatively. Ooh. Um, I said Secret War. <laughs> that might be true because I remember liking it when I was a little younger and read it. And reading it now, I'm like, oh, I don't really love this. I think I didn't have as many issues with decompression because it was also new to me that I didn't mind just consuming over and over, like just tons of stuff. And so if it took less time to read, it didn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but it's wild to me that it came out over 22 months. Just knowing that is, that's probably the one, uh, as far as what's covered on the, the podcast, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's, I think I think Secret War has got to be the one where I was just like, oh man, this is a kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. War of the Gods is kind of up there too, but I I, I should have read the entire Wonder Woman run up to it because I think that would have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love I like that Wonder Woman run that from what I've read of the beginning of it. It was just early on. Um, I, Marvel just wasn't really doing crossovers to the extent that DC was at the same time, kind of in that like early, early nineties. I think we got like infinity gauntlet maybe. Um, Infinity gauntlet was uh, 91. It's the first crossover I ever read. And that was, you had the infinity trilogy one year apart and then nothing for quite a while and nothing after secret wars two before that. (laughs) Right. Whereas DC had a kind of a bunch all in a row. You've got like your legends and et cetera. And it seems like they really wanted to number everything as a part when it, they should have just maybe not done that. Um, and it made for some really odd reading. Um, also the, 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 there was that glaring error where the panels were, or the, like the page was all out of order where I had to like go and look up <laughs> someone's annotations where they'd reordered the panels to be correct. That I was like, I have no idea how this happened and got through an editor. Okay. But what surprised you with positive? Um, I really like phalanx covenant. That was, Oh, was that yours too? <laughs> I, I said, especially in juxtaposition to secret war and crisis where I felt like everything moved so slow and we were really slogged down. I also love the first secret wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to say, considering a lot of people like say that that's pretty bad. I thought that it was like one of the most coherent. crossovers. <laughs> <I've ever read. laughs> but did it help that like Jim shooter was writing for children? You know what I mean? Because the whole thing yeah. is like an exercise in, exercise in like selling a toy line. It is. It, it is. And that made it like so like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. He was <laughs> definitely writing for, for children. What does this say about me that I'm like, this is the one I get and understand. <laughs> um, those are probably the ones I was most positive by. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I will, I will always read some George Perez art, especially mm-hmm. from Crisis. Some of his his page layouts in that are simply incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's, those are kind of the big ones. Um, this, this question, it's, it's a little, it's a little bit in the same vein, but, but still different, I think. But a uh, friend of the show, Adam Reck, who, uh, by the way, if you haven't already uh, backed his, uh, this is to the audience, obviously, but uh, his uh, Bish and Jubes Kickstarter, uh, you should absolutely do that. But uh, he asks, uh, what is the crossover that made you think, uh, oh, I have to read this whole, you know, character or team's book now? Mm. Man, I feel like there's been a couple where I've said that. Um, you sp- you do it a lot with X-Men stuff. I do. You read... Um, you wanted to immediately start on Generation X after Phalanx Covenant, which Marvel Unlimited which, put like a yeah, little... Yeah, a real stopper on that. I'm like, oh, well... It's got well, like the first 10 or 15. That's not, that's not too many of those. Um, like, I'll get really excited about, oh, I want to read more of that. But I still feel like I need to go read more Power Pack. Yeah, uh, Power Pack, definitely, from our, our recent Mutant Massacre coverage. You also wanted to read all of Wolverine and the X-Men after oh, yeah. Battle of the Atom. And I made quite a way through I, I think i made it all the way up to where we covered battle of the atom all the right. beginning stuff um 
I do. I need to go back and do it. But even though I didn't love War of the Gods, it made me want to read the entire Wonder Woman run that preceded it to maybe see if it would have put it in a better context. I, I feel like we maybe didn't. I, I, I feel like I personally didn't do that crossover justice. And I, I still think it was like maybe not a particularly well done crossover. But I think as a. Oh, Matt, Matt you seem you seem to be one of them here. No, you're you're right. As someone who has read all every DC crossover and did a reread of them a couple of years back, and has read at least some of the Wonder Woman around there, it, it's George Perez is a wonderful artist, and at times can be a very good writer, but he's a very verbose writer, which doesn't help War of the Gods to begin with. And the fact that the damn, the, the, each of those was numbered and they didn't come out in the right order. No, it is <laughs> it is absolutely wild. And even just reading the the main book, I feel like for a while, um, some of the really early crossovers all sort of came to this weird common solution that they would come up with that we, we've kind of lampooned on the show. And uh, I should probably do a crossover on it, or a crossover, uh, a cold open over on it. Where it seems like it's like get together all the magic people, they'll do a thing, someone will have energy shot at them, they'll get energy shot at the bad guy, bad guy loses. And it's <laughs> happened like a few times. So many times. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. uh it was <laughs> just that was that was a little bit rough for me. Um God, I feel like we got off track. I do really want to read that George Perez Wonder Woman. I, I have some of it on my comicsology. I need to just do it. Some of it is, I mean, the, the, the first two years or so is tremendous. <laughs> and, I mean, it, it's still pretty good throughout. I mean, I think it's, Perez only does story and art for the first, I think it's two years, maybe a little more. And then Jill Thompson comes on, and it's still gorgeous. But I mean, I love Jill Thompson's work, but Perez's story and art is its own sort of thing. And... and War of, if you think War of the Gods, oh, wait until you try Millennium or Genesis. Good luck. I'm I am very nervous about Millennium. <laughs> Millennium for, is probably the worst of the DC crossovers. I get that or Genesis, depending on my mood, is the worst. <laughs> they all have these interesting titles that were often. Well, Millennium Genesis. To be fair, uh, I think they have more unique titles than Marvel, who can so seemingly only make a crossover with literally like they did market research one time and they've never been able to get over it. <laughs> and they're like, I got to put war in it or I got to put secret in it or uh, infinity. Or infinity. <laughs> and that those are that's three words they know. And um, honestly, I'm trying to think of recent um, recent crossovers where that is not in there. Uh, yeah, the no, most no, recent request was nope. War of the Realms was the last one. Uh -huh. Before that was Secret Empire. <laughs> yeah. As far as big ones. Oh, Absolute Carnage. That doesn't have war in it or Secret or Infinity. That is true. That is true. Yeah, uh, the last of the big ones, I think, is Original Sin that doesn't have any of those words in it. Axis. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, do you mean Sixes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, fonts matter. <laughs> They sure do. <laughs> I was so glad somebody else saw that because I was like, "What is Sixus?" When I was, because I I'd kind of like fallen off of comics a little bit and came back on when Axis was kind of starting to pop up on Marvel Unlimited. Um, 
a little bit. And then I was just like, I don't know what this means. Uh, I'm just going to skip it. And then I found out it was access later. Oh, uh, yeah, that that font is. You know, it's wild, too, because at some point, you know, they can get good designers. I've just read 12 weeks of Tom Muller. Um, so I know that they've they've got access to people who can do this. Oh. Well, that, and that's God, that is the perfect segue, actually. Um, you know, people, first of all, yeah, Tom Muller has turned us all into uh, spoiled uh, design experts. But uh, yeah, so so for the, the, the past 13 weeks, really, uh, you and a and, uh, friend of the show, uh, Robert Secundus, you know, went deep on House of X and Powers of Ten with Hox Pox Talks. And, and now that is expanding or has expanded into Doc's Talks. Uh, mm-hmm. This whole family of columns of of which Christy is 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 now also a member, along with all mm-hmm. these other cool people. We actually just had uh, uh, Nola Fow, who's writing uh, Excalibur Buddies with Charlie Davis on uh, just a couple weeks ago. But um, you know, going back to sort of the 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 genesis of this entire project, like how did this all get started? Um, so <laughs> how did it get started? Um, when I was um... I was getting into specifically digital comics um, a little bit where I had not before, right after our first kid was born. Yeah. And I got a bunch of Multiversity, which had not come out in a trade yet, but was starting to come out in issues um, because I had liked Final Crisis so much um, once upon a time. And I read Pax Americana, which is the like kind of Watchmen-esque one. And I was a little confused by it. And so I was trying to look up and see if somebody had annotated it. And I read these really great annotations on Comics Alliance by um, a journalist named David Uzumeri. Mm-hmm. Um, some listeners may have, may have heard of him, of course. Um, and I literally just tweeted out into the void. Uh, it was after it had been announced, House of X, Powers of Ten. Yeah. Uh, it probably would have been sometime in May or June. Mm-hmm. Just said, is someone going to be doing Uzumeri-style annotations of House of X and Powers of Ten? And a lot of people just liked it, and then nobody said anything. And I went, is this going to be one of those be-the-change-you-want-to-be-in-the-world kind of things? <laughs> and soon after that, Rob had sort of also tweeted out into the void, oh, am I going to have to do house of x powers of 10 annotations and our friend our mutual friend of all of ours zach uh of of xavier files saw this and said hey rob you should talk with chris i think you would do a good job annotating it together so we sort of talked and um, rob has a sort of literary and religious background um whereas i have more of a scientific background uh and we decided that given that um Jonathan Hickman tends to kind of go for a bunch of Jonathan Hickman is not a a comic book writer that is necessarily just inspired by comics where there are some people who are, uh, Mm -hmm. where they seem to just like take all their ideas from comics um, when they're writing new comics, whereas he does not really do that. And we felt like he takes a lot of sort of classic literary references and he has been known to sort of bring religious motifs into his work. And X-Men is, kind of always has a little bit of biology in it and we knew he was going to probably go hard on it which he ended up doing and so we decided we'd, we'd probably be a pretty good team to do it together and zach was like hey can i can i host this and edit it and we'll kind of stage it slightly like a conversation 
And then we did a practice annotation, actually, um, for New Avengers number one. And afterward, I was like, oh, wow, this felt really good to do. So I think we can we can definitely put this together. Uh, Rob and I had a lot of fun on that. And so then we moved into House of X and Powers of Ten, uh, the first couple issues. And fairly soon after that, um, Susanna Polo, the editor at Polygon, was looking for people to do House of X and Powers of Ten content and kind of heard about us. Um, I'm not... Someone recommended us. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say who, so I'm just going to leave that. And she contacted Zach and liked the work we were doing. And then uh, it took a few weeks to sort of hash everything out. But then we got hired for the remaining eight on Polygon. And um, all of all of us were like, hey, we kind of want to keep doing this. But then when they announced all those six titles and we weren't going to do all six of those titles, that would have been that would have been wild. And Zach had really wanted to, you know, it was pretty glaringly obvious that it was still just like, it it was like, you know, a few cups of milk doing these annotations, right? (laughs) Um, And then we wanted to, we wanted to get some more fun, fun and interesting perspectives. Um, So even though Zach opened it up, we were specifically looking for good and interesting writers from uh, a lot of different backgrounds because no one wants like 18 or I guess in this case, 12. Uh, to be extended on later no one wants like like 12 cis straight white guys writing about the x-men that's like (laughs) that's pretty awful um so we 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 got all these great new people i was so Uh, excited about who everybody who is on it uh i think we got a really excellent group i was so stoked because zach was telling us as he was getting people before kind of everybody else knew how it was going to crystallize and it was it was really great uh it was it was very interesting on my end because I saw Zach post about it and I thought, oh, that'd be really fun to do. But, I, you know, he probably doesn't want me. I don't think I'd be very good at this or just, you know, and I was like, oh, this will be fun to see other people do was kind of my thought process. And then Chris kept telling me, oh, so-and-so is going to be writing. So I'm like, man, it's a lot of fun people. I want to be I want to be one of those people. And Chris is like, you should talk to Zach. And I'm like, I don't know. So Chris talked to Zach. And then Zach <laughs> talked to me and was like, hey, Chris said you might be interested in this. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know if I'd be great. And he's like, no, you're going to be great. I've got a perfect spot for you. Yeah, you didn't even you did not get to pick your butt. <laughs> no, uh, I didn't. Zach just went, you're going to be on Marauders. I think that's where you're going to be the best. <laughs> no, I mean, Zach's like superpower is putting like being the teacher and assigning group projects yeah and he was really great at bringing people together for this whereas most teachers are terrible at assigning group projects no offense Um, (laughs) (laughs) i just always felt like when i was in high school i was always like the one person doing work right the teachers that was that was the point of putting you with all the kids who wouldn't do it so something got done so something got done (laughs) whereas i don't think that's been the case yet um we you and i kind of have the unique privilege of having art these articles already published um by the time we're on this podcast yeah uh, where it's week three is just about to start um and so far uh, my first one with rob it was ever so slightly different than what we did uh mm-hmm. for and by a slightly different i mean probably three thousand words less per article um <laughs> than the x-men uh, than the Hoxpox stuff, but it's flowed really well, and I liked the new format. We kind of came up with a common format um, for all of these. 
to mm-hmm. sort of have some amount of continuity, even though the voices and tones of all the articles are quite a bit different. Yeah. Did you feel like you were you had some sort of smoothness and it was it was pretty fantastic because um, we Vishal and I we did a uh, trial run as well and it's pretty interesting because of like the folks in the twelve I feel like Vishal and I are both rather quiet in the group chat we both speak when we have very we have important things to say mm-hmm. but we're not like huge chatters so i wasn't even sure how it would go but on our um practice that we did with uh duggan's uh guardians uh it was so smooth it was just like having a conversation with somebody that i'd known forever and i'm like zach you're you're a mad genius (laughs) you put people together so well so it was really i mean i i expected it to be more difficult than it was but it was pretty natural we had a good back and forth i feel like we could anticipate like i'm setting you up for this transition and the other person's just like absolutely i see that and i'm transitioning here and the thoughts just kind of flowed well and vishal is an amazing expert with tons of background knowledge that maybe i sometimes lack and i don't know i'm I've heard I'm a lot of fun, so I guess that's what I bring. <laughs> uh, and big, big ups to WMQ for uh, putting your first, your first and my first articles out there. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm so lucky to have so many friends who are like, "No, Christy, you could do this thing," and I'm like, "Oh, well, if you really believe in me, I guess I can." I feel like um, uh, we, we as in comics people, are kind of in a unique position where we can kind of like dig our own niche out a lot of times in like if i wanted to start like writing about tv i feel like for some reason it would be so much more impenetrable than like hey i want to write about comics this tiny community that we're all a part of and we're all just trying our best (laughs) yeah no the whole comics community has been absolutely fabulous i don't know if it's just that we're small enough and niche enough that the negative voices just haven't found us yet, but <laughs> well, Chris is raising his hand because uh, I think you have. We, we <laughs> have had you find you. Yeah, I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but we had some specific commenters on our Polygon articles who seem to try to come at these at these comics from like the worst faith place possible. <laughs> but I never dealt with them because I'm not really a respond to the comments person. But. The Polygon community at large was like, you are a clown, and I, we don't know why you're still reading this. So that was pretty great. <laughs> There's a lot of self-policing that goes on. <laughs> yeah, for a comment section, it was like, it was incredible. I was just like, they just have a higher caliber of commenter on Polygon articles for the most part. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't, these aren't the CBR forums. Take your trash back <laughs> Oh, goodness. I didn't even. I have not been to the CBR forum since Hawkspox started, and I'm. I'm. I feel fine. <laughs> <laughs> Those two things are related. <laughs> uh, so much of that answered so many of the questions I had. Like, yes. um, if you get Christy that, and I that together, took out like half a page. Yeah. <laughs> on a, on an interview podcast, we just generally just start talking to each other. <laughs> Oh. oh man, but uh, no, uh, Christy. I should I should point out. You know, uh, I I know Zach said, or you you said that Zach assigned you Marauders, and then uh, 
you know, the book hadn't even come out yet, and you had done that amazing uh, Russell Dodderman Kitty cosplay. Uh, it was... that, that is now your Twitter Avi. Uh, yes. I, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so we we had found out that Kitty was going to be Red Queen and Red King. Red King at Red the time. King. Yeah. 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 Oh, she is Red Queen though. It, right. it was Red Queen King. on the chart That's that right. we weren't supposed to be able to see, but people yeah, saw yeah. it. It was spoiled. <laughs> so they released the uh that awesome cover. And we were like at a wrestling show and I saw this tweet and I'm like, Oh, I need to do this cosplay. And I just started like on Amazon, just like looking for pieces that would fit. And Chris is like, really? Seriously? We're at it. I'm like, no, no, no. I need to do this. <laughs> I this need is so now. Cool. <laughs> I did. I did. That was exactly what happened. Uh, so like I ordered it that Friday that I saw it. And so it came in on Monday and I'm like, all right, Chris, you're putting the kids to bed. I got makeup to do. I got to get ready. And he's like, you're doing this to like post a picture on Twitter. I'm like, yep. And you're going to take them. I hope you're ready. That was such a busy night. That's also when we bought the new projector and I was trying to test it out in the backyard and I kept running in and out of the house. Oh, but I mean, I was so excited at seeing her and seeing her in this new awesome role of Red Queen. You know, she looked awesome with her bruises. Like people look really cool with black eyes. Like I've never really gotten to have a black eye. I've done a lot of makeup black eyes. That that. I, I just think people look really cool with them. So it's just seeing all of that. I was like, yes, I want to bring this to life. I want to have this. And I got the coat and I need to find more opportunities to wear it because it it's nearly an everyday coat. Yeah, did you hey, know it'll, the... it'll work at C2E2 next year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're trying our darndest to figure out how to be there. We, th- we think we can do it. Uh, oh. But no, but no promises. Yeah. Uh, did you notice that the name of the the brand name of this this coat has Kate in it? Does it really? Yeah. I didn't. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a Kate coat. That is Kate coat. <laughs> we the, um, we record in our closet to to, 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 to uh, pull back the veil a little bit, and the the coat is literally right here. Yeah, with the coolest epaulets I've ever seen. Like the gold chains hanging off of it, and the bead detail. It's they're really nice. I I asked Chris, I'm like, Chris, if I wore this coat and I kept the epaulets on, like, how bad would that be just wearing that around no, every it's, day? It's too good. <laughs> uh, I mean, was... you're, you are ready to conduct a marching band at, uh, at a moment's notice. <laughs> That's all. At all times. Yeah. You know, I hadn't seen it as a marching band coat until now. So thanks for that. <laughs> it's like a cheery, uppy black parade coat. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I like that. <laughs> oh. Oh man. Um. So yeah, we've got we've got the the twelve, as you said, the uh, the Quiet Council of Krakoa, uh, and <laughs> and six series to start. We're already looking down the 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 pike at Wolverine, Giant Size X Men, X Men Fantastic Four, and theoretically this X Core book that all we know is Carmen Carnero is drawing. Uh, coming down the pike fairly early next year. Um, none of us having any sort of inside knowledge. Do you feel like the line is going to become oversaturated fast? You know, do you see things sort of rotating in and out, or is it all just more of a thing that you love? Um, 
I'm a I'm a little concerned about it from a I guess from a consumer perspective, but I think that they're just going to try to. I think going into this, we all thought we needed to get everything, and I wonder if they're trying to pivot into a get your favorites. Yeah, sort like of picking, deal. Picking your flavors of ice cream, you can get as many scoops as you want. I mean, you might feel a little sick afterwards, but nobody hates having options. But also, a few of these definitely seem like they're they're temporary. the The Fantastic Four X Men book mm-hmm. is a four issue yeah. mini. Um, the Giant Size stuff. I'm not clear on how often it's coming out. I think it's monthly, but. <laughs> I, I it seemed that way. I was expecting oh giant size this is going to be uh, a quarterly like the old X Men Unlimited, but it seemed like it's yeah monthly. Which oh boy, yeah that's that's an interesting one. Um, Wolverine obviously monthly. I knew we were going to be getting a Wolverine book. That was like I think um, Zach, Zach got that announcement like ever so slightly early, mm. but like no one was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? What's the other one that's coming out? That's oh the X Corps. That's X-Corp. gonna. I have a feeling that one's gonna be a mini too, but uh, I don't know. I yeah. I, I don't have any sort of extra info. Um, and there's the Moira. There, X and there's still one, like too. alleged Leah and Vita books coming. So. Right, and we don't when we don't know if they are on e- any of those uh, on the X Corps one, but it yeah. definitely means like there is another one at some point that is a virtual unknown. Um. There's also the hints that we got that there is going to be a Moira book that will definitely be a mini, but I think that one's maybe coming a bit later. Mm -hmm. And then a book that specifically delves into the nature of resurrections. Mm -hmm. In which means gold ball solo title. (laughs) (laughs) Gold ball solo. I wonder if that might be part of the Moira book too. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Sticking Moira with a team of, you know, a Black Ops resurrected characters team to go off and do something, you know, Suicide Squad-esque, which is a poor choice of words in this case, but still. um. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, ultimately, it doesn't matter, right? Every every team can be a Suicide Squad in Krakoa. Um, Currently, they'll all just come back. But this isn't even the first time that we'll have had this many titles. No, I'm trying to think. True. I once asked. It's, I, it's, been, it's been a while, though. It has been a long time since we've had this many. Um, since right around, uh, uh, what call it? The schism, right? After the schism, there were eight to somewhere in the eight to ten range. Yeah, there was gobs. Um, there's some bits of in the back of uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, which I've read a billion times, so I know the back matter, where um, it's just like, check out these titles from X-Men this month. And there's things that I just forget existed when I'm rereading the back matter. <laughs> It'll be like AVX or A, A and X, um, Uncanny Avengers. Um, there, there was an Age of Apocalypse book going for a while there that lasted like longer than you remember. That, it, that had a weird cro- that ended in a weird crossover <laughs> with ex the uh, not exiles. Um, oh uh, no, uh, I know what you're no, saying extreme X Men, extreme um, X Men, uh, Age of Apocalypse, and the last arc of Astonishing Volume hmm. Two. No, I think that might have been Volume One, and it was a, a extermination. Was the oh boy, that, that was wait no really? Yeah, it was called extermination. 
Man, Marvel really does love reusing uh, names. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I mean, at, there, scads and minis at the time too. X Club and Generation Hope, which I guess wasn't a mini, but they sort of treated it as such. They ended it pretty abruptly right before AVX. It's, it's right. just, I remember last week looking at like when uh, when X Men number one came out, looking at the schedule of books, and it was I think it was like November twenty seventh, so like the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, there's three books coming out. Uh oh, <laughs> this is December eighteenth. Every single title's coming out. Stop it. I'm I am I'm dead <laughs> serious. We've already talked about this in the group because Zach is gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's Marvel whips into all those columns. In yeah. Yeah, because they, they, the past few years, there haven't been comics the week of the 25th. The week of Christmas, they do right. a skip, except for like a handful of titles. I'm surprised that they're not dropping a big X book that week, because last year they did uh, X-Force number one in that week. I think um, they're starting incoming Christmas. Yeah, week. incoming oh, yeah. Christmas, oh. which has X stuff in it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it it does seem uh, like they're working pretty hard to lay down what exactly this new status quo looks like and get us pretty invested in it. Yeah, Hickman said we were going to get 12 issues over 9 months. Um so but a, a lot of that seems like it's going to be really front loaded cuz we're going to have four issues by the end of the year and then six issues by the end of January of every single one of these. Mhm. Um I th- I have a feeling, and this is like a baseless speculation, that there is some kind of miniature event coming that's X-related sometime in the in the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of wanted to get to it at a certain amount of t- with a cer- at a certain point, and so I think they needed to sort of throw stuff together. But also, it's not like they haven't been working on these for a right. while. You say throw th- throw stuff together, like like. This is- it's been in the works for quite some time right like it's not even like they're i, I think like other than x-men I'm, I'm fairly certain the other books aren't even changing artists that much so it's not like they're like scrambling or anything mm-hmm. i say that they might be scrambling i don't know i don't know how any of this works <laughs> i i don't know but i'm very excited now for phalanx covenant 2 colon dominion uh, <laughs> i can't wait to see the phalanx again they've been retconned so many times <laughs> yeah somehow ultron for a brief period of time, controlled the greatest power in the universe. Good for well, them. Not, they're not the greatest power in the universe. There's three powers greater now. Oh, that is true. <laughs> yeah, you might say that the uh, things in that series kind of work in powers of ten. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of motifs there. <laughs> oh man! But um, Christy, on, to- on, on, on top of all of this, the podcast to my readers, uh, you know having two children and being a, a full-time teacher, you're also kind of quietly working on this, this superhero themed, uh, audio drama. Um, <laughs> how far along are you in, in that process? I know it's still, you know, kind of early days. Um, I've gotten a handful of pitches in, um, something I'm really excited about. Um, but as of right now, I have the script that I've written and I'm, really hoping to hear back from a few other people that I've talked with. Uh, but it's tough because I know we all have busy lives, but I really wanted this to be something that uh, lots of folks are involved in. And I've been a voice actor on projects where scripts weren't all the way written and people were just really excited to cast a project. 
and got voice actors involved like way too soon. So mm. I definitely want to be very ready and prepared and here I've cast you. Here's like all the lines we need for this season um, or at least the majority of them. So uh, when I do this, I want to do it right. So I will take the whole writing and planning process as slowly as I need to, to put out something that's good because this is something that I think I'm going to be really passionate about and I want to be really good. Um, so I, I am, I am not going to rush it. So I'm, I'm very excited about it. I've built this world and I'm excited about the collaborators that we have so far um, and the great story ideas that we've heard. And I think it's going to be, I mean, it, it's going to be very well suited to the audio medium, which really needs to be, uh, because it's not a look at big, punchy fights. That doesn't translate well. It's a look at the very human aspects of lives of superheroes. So some really uh, fun, gritty character stuff uh, with also some awesome, lighthearted bits. I'm super excited about uh Chris has got a really sweet, lighthearted uh, scene and character in the works that is a lot of fun as well. Oh, that's great. Um, you know, for, for people who, who have heard about this, because you've, you've talked about it on, on, on your podcast and, yeah. you know, they're excited about it. Um, maybe they, they want to help or they just want to support it somehow. You know, um, you know what, what, are, what are you looking for at this point? Uh, so if you are interested in writing anything from like one short scene that's maybe like five minutes long, if you think you've got that in you or if you want to tell a longer form story, um, I have a setting developed and we have the characters that have already been developed within that setting. Uh, but really, you could tell whatever story you wanted. Um, I I think maybe I, should I talk about the setting? Should I uh, sure. Or even just like the, the quick elevator pitch. <laughs> quick, okay. Quick elevator pitch. Uh, our city, our setting is Halcyon and Halcyon is very evolved, progressive society, um, that have made superheroes almost a little bit mundane. They are licensed and insured and have all sorts of different occupations. Uh, they make up like 15% of the population, but it's very, very normal to um, be a superhero. You may be employed uh, within, you know, the legal department. You may be contracted out by the city to go out and fight crime, or maybe you're just like a licensed performer. Um, we got like a whole uh, wrestling promotion that's just superheroes wrestling or superpowered individuals wrestling. Uh, or maybe you're just a really school skilled laborer because you don't have like combat type powers. Um, and just kind of the, the day-to-day lives and uh, specifically this season, focusing a lot on family uh, and what family looks like for those superheroes, both biological found family um, families of friends, uh, non-traditional families, uh, seeing families in lots of different contexts in a world where super-powered individuals aren't, like, hated or feared, um, that, you know, being a superhero and going and renewing your superhero license is as boring and mundane as going to the DMV. So that's, 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 the, that's the pitch, a different sort of uh, world where you get to see 
just kind of heroes in their bathrobes. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing watching that uh, evolve and 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 become become more real as the as the day goes. Uh, you know, as the as the weeks go on. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, with 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 all these projects, uh, you know, that you guys do have going on, what is your creative work week like you know do you have a fairly rigid schedule of of when you're working on which thing be it you know the podcast or one of your respective docs talks columns uh, the the audio drama or is it you know more more loosey-goosey um i feel like we've developed kind of a rhythm of when we do things it's always easier for us to record the podcast on a weekend uh, because our kid naps at school and he doesn't nap on the weekend so he falls right to sleep on the weekends (laughs) um we also like to try to sync up when we work on things so if chris is like writing an article that's a great time for me to edit a podcast so we can manage to still have like time together right Mm -hmm. um docs talks work or hawksbox talks work when i did that (laughs) was mostly um it was like tuesday through thursday i would work on it each night Mm -hmm. and we found if i took both of the boys to our four-year-old's gymnastics practice that gave you like a whole hour of time on a Wednesday. That was great to, for you to work and get stuff done. Right. But yeah, otherwise uh, I didn't do a great job of it this time because I think when you're editing, we kind of, we kind of went on a weird schedule since we were traveling, but I prefer to do, I write all the summaries and the cold opens for, uh, for Chris's and Christy does all of the editing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like to try to write summaries while you're editing of mm-hmm. the next podcast, but right. that doesn't that doesn't always work, and that's mm-hmm. not working this week. Um, for the next episode of Batman TMNT, it's looking like this week is probably going to be me quickly doing summaries and a cold open before Saturday. I've got a cold open idea, though. That's always mm-hmm. the hardest part is trying to like... This has been our first week, though, where neither of us is writing anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it that'll last, I think, until second week of November. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But that's actually with the since your Halcyon project is still kind of in its infancy. That's kind of what all we're all we're working on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, people who who do not maybe know this, it takes way longer to do a podcast than it does to write an article. Um, oh gosh, yeah, that's so, true. It takes <laughs> way, way longer, uh, and it's funny because I feel like people—I I feel like a lot of people get more into articles than certain casts. Maybe be, I don't know if it's the time commitment or what, but I'm like, I, I, you know, people would like love Hawks Pox talks, which would take roughly about the same amount of time that I would spend on the podcast without recording it. Not to mm-hmm. mention the fact that two of us do this, and I always wanted to be like. Please check out my podcast. I work work way longer on it. <laughs> so uh, the the articles I feel like haven't actually added as much time as I thought they would, um, but it's been really fun creatively since we've gotten to kind of work with with people we hadn't worked with before. Mm-hmm. So, it, but yeah, that's I guess that's kind of how we juggle it, and it's all after the kids go to bed for the most part. So after mm-hmm. after eight p.m. Yeah, it we used to when the four year old was you know, younger and still nap during the day. We would have the nap times on the weekends when we could get things done. Mm-hmm. But no. Yeah, he doesn't nap on the weekends. So. No. Unfortunately. So just after the kids go to bed. <laughs> yep. But I feel it's like it's... time to get to work. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, it's so nice that we both 
you know, we're, we both work on the podcast. We both work on similar stuff. So it's not like, all right, bye, sweetie. I'm going to go sit in a closet for an hour and talk to somebody else that isn't you. Um, <laughs> no shaded people who do that. <laughs> no, no. I just feel like I feel like that's really that's really nice that it's something that we do together. So I, I never feel like resentful if you're like, yeah, I've got to, I've got to work on this tonight, either for the podcast or f- for something else. Cause it's, it's our shared hobby. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that is kind of, that does make it really nice. Uh, it, you know, I could just be really into like, uh, I don't know, geocaching and then just like go leave for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, there are plenty of couples where they each have different hobbies and give each other that space to go and do those different things. But I like I like sharing. Yeah, it's fun to have the same hobby. Mm-hmm. Sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> Being that I, I, I try not to drown Dan in too much theater talk when we have theatery guests, but uh-huh. as it is my day-to-day bread and butter... I also try not to think about it too much when I'm not doing it, but still. Uh, yes, yes, that you, is good for your mental health. <laughs> uh, have you checked out the scripts to the Marvel plays that were announced uh, earlier in the year? I remember seeing those announcements and being super excited about it, and then I forgot about it until just now. So <laughs> I feel like I, I really do need to check those out, because there was a Squirrel Girl one, and um oh what else squirrel girl thor and uh a kamala khan one uh i haven't read the scripts but the um what's the name the little blurbs at samuel french are very Mm -hmm. interesting especially when it comes to uh the casting stuff on the ms marvel uh Mm -hmm. piece okay yeah i um I teach middle school theater, so I stick to, like, one production a year because they don't pay me enough to do more than that. Uh, And I alternate between musical and play every year. So this year was a musical year. We're doing Beauty and the Beast. It actually goes up next week. Um, So next year is my nice off year of doing a play. So I might – I just have this feeling that I would be so much more excited about it than my kids would be. Maybe, maybe I would be proved wrong. And, you know, I don't know. My kids would audition for whatever we do just because they love it. So. <laughs> uh, guys, come on. We're doing Squirrel Girl. You're going to be like, what Squirrel Girl, Miss Edelman? And I'm like, oh, oh, boy, kids. <laughs> Certainly some of your students have read Squirrel Girl. I don't know. Huh. Fair enough. The Thor one yeah. seems like something people, you know, kids would know due to the right. MCU. And it's a mm-hmm. Thor-Loki relationship play at its core from what I saw. Oh. So it, it's yeah. angry feuding brothers play. The The Kamala one seems to be a mother-daughter play at its heart. Yeah. See, the best superhero stories are relationship stories, family stories. <laughs> Found family is the cornerstone of so much of comic book storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are you got? What are you guys reading when you're not reading for for the podcast or for the columns? Um, 
I it's, it was so funny. People kept wanting to talk about other comics this summer, and I was just like, "Are there other comics this summer?" <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's not entirely true. Uh, but I have been loving uh, Leah Williams' Gwenpool mini. Uh, there's oh, it's been so good. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been fabulous and uh, fearless. I've really enjoyed conceptually, and I've really enjoyed some of the stories in there. I don't know if mm. everything that I've read in there has been um, a home run, but I've really enjoyed that. Um, Captain Marvel, I keep up with as well. Um, you get all sorts of things on the poll. You say like what other comics are coming out, but you get a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, I you do. even read DC too. <laughs> I do. Uh, I've um, I've been re- keeping up with Snyder's Justice League, which I've been really enjoying. It's it is it's funny because it's 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 basically like a twenty or it's almost it's almost like on issue thirty. It's almost mm-hmm. like a thirty issue crossover mm-hmm. in like the best ways, um, like the Monitor and the Anti Monitor in it, and you meet their mom. <laughs> they have a mom. They do have a mom. Is she, she is. called the momometer? <laughs> <laughs> no, but she should be. She should follow up question. Why not? Why not? <laughs> um, I've been reading that. Uh, I just kind of came off of Grant Morrison's Green Lantern. I don't know if it's for me, but I'm I'm switching over Green Lantern beats. I'm going to be reading Far Sector coming up soon. Oh, uh, I can't wait for Far Sector. Uh, it looks pretty great uh nk jemison's an incredible author oh tremendous and if you've never listened to it uh lavar burton has a podcast where he reads short fiction and he's read a couple of np jemison's and it's just delightful yes um what else uh, i've been really enjoying immortal hulk as as are most people who are reading it it is hulk to the nth degree mm-hmm. uh i still haven't read the newest issue um which came out i think last week i've got it sitting on my computer desk um but it looks completely bonkers so i'm excited about it um the last older run that i sat down because every once in a while i'll sit down like take a weekend and just binge as much as i can of an older run and the last one i did that with was x factor and it was like the first one i feel like i didn't get far enough to get into all of the good parts that because people spoke very highly of Louis Simonson's X Factor. And I think the early stuff, especially, you know, the stuff that she didn't write, um, was kind of a slog a little bit. Kind of a fun, goofy slog, but uh, not necessarily it, my cup of tea. It's tough because it's the getting the band back together. And then, yeah, there's like the, the shift to, to Wheezy. And then she's got to spend that early part of it kind of undoing right not not the damage but but giving the book a direction it didn't have under under Leighton right and you know it doesn't it doesn't hit its and not only that but it also dives like right in the mutant massacre so right. it, it really ta- it takes a while to find its footing mm-hmm. it's the the cyclops two-parter and that maybe is just my cyclops bias coming out mm-hmm. where i feel like that book really takes takes off hard is that when he fights the master mold yes uh okay the one that dovetails into the uh into some power pack <laughs> uh what uh, i've been classic i just started the wolverine mini which uh i've never read 
the Miller Claremont one? Yep, I'm the I'm a um, my, my my hidden secret is I'm actually a terrible expert. Um, I'm like complete garbage at it. Uh, I'm slowly kind of making my way through through really early X Men. I'm I have this idea in my head that I'm eventually just gonna fully catch up and read it all like Zach did, but I don't know if that's ever gonna happen. But I'll give it my best shot. You have an amazing mind for trivia and facts, though, and just you just remember that stuff in a way that never fully clicks for me. Let me tell you, Wikipedia was uh, very helpful when you're just getting into See, comics. But you're like, once you've read it, you are the Wikipedia. You just keep it all. Uh, um, you're like Sage. I am, yeah, I'm like Sage. I'm just typing in a computer. Um, Non-comics-wise, uh, to be a full parody of myself, I just I a few weeks ago finished the novel, the many or the not the many lives, the first fifteen lives of Harry August. Oh, okay. Which is a book about a gentleman who has Moira powers. Technically, the book came first, so Moira probably has Harry August powers. Right. Um, I. My wife was had just read that when I was telling her about Hawkspox, and she's like, "Oh, that's the the first fifteen lives of Harry Hawks. Like the what now? <laughs> it's on your Kindle. You can read it." I'm like, "Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I really enjoyed that book. Um, but it, I, I totally read it as partially as research because some people had said that it was like it was like like House of X was like a blatant rip off of it. And then after I was finished, I was like, "No, it is." <laughs> It's very different, other than the other than that, just little gimmick. Um, but I'm trying to think of other thing else I'm reading, I tend to sometimes read random nonfiction. Um, you guys probably meant comics though, so I should. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no like, I always like book all literary comers. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that. That's about all I'm reading right now. I'm trying to think of. I'm also uh, very slowly making my way through Paul Levitz's Legion of Superheroes, um, which my dad uh, was a big Legion of Superheroes fan. It was so funny when I was getting into comics the very first time in like 1995. He's like, hey, Chris, you know, my favorite superheroes were and I guess like all these superheroes. And he goes, the Legion of Superheroes. And I'm like, Dad, who are those? Because in 1995, when uh, your only exposure to superheroes for the most part is cartoons, right. there were tons mm-hmm. of cartoons, but they didn't have the Legion of Superheroes on them, uh, mm-hmm. like even at all. And it's not like they were, you know, they weren't heavy on the merch. But my dad has gobs of Silver Age Legion that that are sitting in my basement right now. And then we, the last time we went back, he goes, oh, I saw some more Legion. It's a little bit of the later stuff. And it's like all the Paul Levitz issues that he was getting in his like early 30s, including like a super a, a double sized issue. And by double sized, I don't mean like thicker. I mean, like gigantic treasury. Yeah, the, like the, the treasury, the uh, the wedding issue. Yep. And yeah. uh, so I was trying to make my way through that digitally since uh, I haven't been able to pick those up yet. And that is also basically X-Men. So that's been a fun read. <laughs> Dave's Cockermart on a bunch of it too, isn't it? I, I haven't gotten to those yet, but yeah. And I was like, it's kind of it's kind of your found family, your slow ongoing, not a slow ongoing story, but sort of not not episodic per se. And I was like, this feels very familiar and, and nice. So I've been reading that. I've been trying to read as it pops up Doomsday Clock, but that's been that's been tough. 
I, I tapped out of that with issue five. I just couldn't. I was like, why am I still reading this? Oh, yeah, just morbid curiosity. All right, Pat. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm over it. Doomsday Clock does two things that I like. It explores the fact that America has way more superheroes than everybody else, which is something that I feel like would come up in real life. I don't know if it does a great job of that, but it, I think it's a neat concept. And it makes two characters that are a fixed version of the jokey joker harley romance <laughs> in the marionette and and the mime who are both evil and sadistic and twisted but they very much love each other mm. and i was like why can't people cosplay as them that just sounds <laughs> way better but other than that it's it there's like bits where i've rolled my eyes out of my head by the, by the way um i didn't read the claremont miller wolverine until this year so i'm i'm, I'm right there with you on that <laughs> It's pretty good. Uh, it's I. It's interesting in the ways that I feel like Miller synced up well with Claremont's sort of purple writing in just as big pictures. Um, yeah. I I've been I've been pretty into it. It's interesting reading some of the Japanese uh, that has been ang- like anglicized and isn't isn't quite right. Mm-hmm. But I'm I I feel better now because I I always felt like you you knew way more about X Men and had read all of it so whew. I I feel that like way about blood. literally everybody <laughs> in our friend group I just assume that everybody knows everything and I know just very little <laughs> I, I can't remember what it is I revealed some sort of blank spot no you know what it is I was like I just I mentioned casually on on Twitter. That like I there was like a like a ten year period or it was like it was like from I don't know the end of the Morrison run to 2017 like I I stopped reading X Men with any sort of regularity and it was like half of X Men Twitter went <gasps> <laughs> I think as this year has shown you were probably okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah um uh, so uh. Guys, uh, as we are as we are wrapping up, uh, how can people follow you online and everything you're doing uh, if you, in fact, wish to be followed? Oh, yeah. Um, well, you can follow the podcast at Chris's Pod on Twitter or Facebook. And you can always email the podcast at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Christy Edelman. With a C-H-R. C-H-R-I-S-T-I mm-hmm. Edelman. Which uh, people have been using to try to at me recently. Right, because you don't have your name in your display name or in your handle. And mine is only one letter away from your name. That's... It has happened so many times with Hoxpox, And I really want it to happen with uh, sometime in Docs Talks. But I don't think that it will because like nobody's going to type in Christy Edelman and have at Strictly Worse pop up. I did it. <laughs> Uh, we got we got welcomed by the by the fictionalized account um, of Krakoa, the Krakoan Welcoming Committee. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! And, yeah, I just started following them. Yeah, yeah, and they um, they welcomed Christy and Rob and Zach, <laughs> um, which can... is kind of fabulous. Getting credit for lots of different stuff. Sometimes I wonder, like, are people following me because they think I did Hoxbox talks? Because you know, props to them for thinking, oh. Chris Edelman, Christy Edelman, probably the same person. Not like you presuming could, that yeah. you know Chris Edelman is is that Hoxpox talks could not have been written by me. And I'm like, how sweet of you to think that I did that. 
<laughs> I don't actually know if throughout any of Hawks Pox, I ever referred to myself as a particular gender. Mm-hmm. So it is definitely possible. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, you guys can find me uh, at Strictly Worse on Twitter. It's a Magic the Gathering joke, but I don't want to change it. (laughs) (laughs) If you were interested at all in contributing writing to the audio drama, you can uh, email the the podcast and that'll get to me just fine. And then I can send you send you all sorts of resources if you were interested in writing. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for doing the show. This has been a blast. Yeah, I've I've had a ton of fun. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much for having us. That's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at Patreon.com slash WMQComics, where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, the ability to promote your work on our site, and a customized bonus reading column written by our own Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. And if we hit $10 in monthly donations, we'll start a new project, either a second podcast about the DC animated features, a deep dive retrospective on James Robinson and Tony Harris' Starman, or a manga for beginners feature. Uh, Big thanks to our existing patrons, Steve Morris from Shelf Dust, Charlie Davis from The Young Ones Podcast, Robert Secundus from Docs Talks at XavierFiles.com, and Scott Madrinsky from Mojo'sWork.com. You can follow WMQ Comics on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote and Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013. Not a fan of social media? Sign up for our weekly Q newsletter, which gives you the best of WMQ every week in your inbox. Finally, and most importantly, check out WMQComics.com for all your comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views. And we'll see you next time. WMQA!